All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have one of the most special guests we have ever had on this show. It is the CEO, the Chief Energy Officer of Ames, Iowa, is Conrad Hawley. Conrad was fantastic, as you would expect. Give us a lot of really great nuggets from this past season, how he really just embraced the ultimate role player on the Iowa State men's basketball team this past season. I won't spoil too much of it, but it is certainly one that y'all will enjoy. Can't wait for you guys to listen to it. But as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. On your birthday, must be 21 or older, they have AMF Towers for only $7. Think of what that could do to you. As well as Tuesday, the patio is open at 4 p.m. It's starting to get a little bit nicer, um, of course, when those tornadoes pass. And you can get nacho and pitcher or quesadillas with um, $3 margarita flavors. So you can get a margarita for $3, strawberry, peach, raspberry, watermelon, mango. And these are only just to mention a couple of their daily deals that they have going on every single day of the week. So head on over there, support our boy, Ben. He's been doing a lot for this podcast. And without further ado, we will get into our interview with Conrad Hawley. It's a good one. Hope you all enjoy it. Roll clones. All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today might be one of our most important interviews we've ever done since creating this podcast. We have the most important player on the team, the CEO, the Chief Energy Officer, Conrad Hawley. He's shaking his head at me right now because I'm just buttering him up a little bit. But, dude, we appreciate having you on. I, I said this off air, but you're my dad's favorite player and probably has been maybe maybe a the entire history of cycling basketball, his favorite player. But thank you so much for joining us, man. We're so excited for this. Thank you for letting me be here. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, you know, the first question is just kind of really who you are. You know, what 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 makes a CEO tick? You know, when it comes to being the role player, it's really hard to embrace that because sometimes, you know, you want to do something that might not help the team as much as a it would be when you just embrace your role. But I always say when you know what your role is, then it allows you to be the best teammate you can be because you can find out what works and then you can really lean into it. And so like you are just being the ultimate role player for Iowa State basketball, the chief energy officer, how would you define your role as the chief energy officer for Iowa State basketball? Um, I think that it's pretty, pretty simple. It's just my job to um, be the best team guy out there and um, never have a day off. Uh, always be somebody who's there for the guys and I hold myself accountable and I hold the team accountable and um, whatever the team needs, you just put it before yourself. And that's, that's pretty much my role. And I, I love it. It's a great, great job. Now, one thing that I just thought was the most unique approach to any D1 athlete I think I've ever seen was a very quick interview you had with the Des Moines Register. I think it was toward the tail end of the season. Um, and I just want to read off a few quotes because when I say these, it's, it's startling to me. Again, it's the most unique approach to their D1 play style. But they said, or you said, every game we play against guys who are really good, but I'm not that good. But I really enjoy competing against these guys and playing against people who are better than me. And you also said, there's 13 players on this team. I'm the 13th best player, and I'm pretty proud of that. And so you've obviously found your niche as this glue guy, this guy who just holds people accountable, and you really just kind of find your role as being the best teammate. Now, in a way, part of me is like that is one of the most impressive, most like humble, most selfless, you know, quotes I've ever seen. But at the same time, does it ever kind of get to you like, hey, I know that I'm capable of of being a really good basketball player, being even a really good football player. I mean, I've seen your tape, Conrad. I know you're a hell of an athlete. Does that ever sometimes get to you in the sense that's like, hey, I kind of want people to see how good I actually am? Uh, I mean, I no, not really. Um, I don't – I spent a lot of time younger always, you know, wanting to show everybody how good I am or how good I can be, and that's just not a fulfilling – way to live um i feel pretty fulfilled just by like every day i come to you know i call it work but it's it's is i love it so it's not really a job but 
come to work every day and just happy to be around the guys and just know that they they are so good and they put in you know so much work and they deserve every opportunity so i'm just just thankful to be around them and i'm happy for them when when they play well and and even when they struggle that's good too because you learn from it you grow from it and uh it's just a, a great thing to be a part of so no i don't ever sit there and say man i i wish this was happening that was happening that's that's not what i do no So when we had Shun on the podcast here at the pretty early on in the season, we were both kind of surprised. We we asked him, you know, who do you think is the most important player on the team? Mason's long said that he thought uh, Jazz was the most important player because he kind of does it all uh, on the court. And and Shun was like, oh, it's hands down you. Um, and we were both like kind of taken aback of just like so, shocked a little bit. But he's like, you should see what Conrad brings every day to practice. You know, the mentality, what he does for us everything like that um how do you establish that how do you kind of come in first year do that and bring that also you know like you like you said like you have that quote i'm the 13th best guy here how do you how do you step into a gym into a locker room knowing like hey i can't maybe show these guys that i'm like you know with maybe like my basketball skills but i can do it with all these other skills and how do you kind of from day one establish like i'm gonna maybe be the most important guy to this team but also it's not even you that's doing that. Everyone else is picking up on that. Cause I think that's the most impressive part is to have someone like Shun, who is this fifth year grad student senior who has played a lot of college ball. And he's even saying like, you're the most important guy on the team. Well, that's very nice of Shun and I, I don't agree with him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would just say that like, you know, I remember getting ready to, do this and switch the sports and I was just talking with my dad and me and my dad have a pretty good relationship and he's like well you're not going to be able to affect the game basketball wise and that's pretty self-explanatory just because I'm I'm not near as good as these guys but I'm like well how can I affect it and I just was like you know what nobody's gonna practice harder than me nobody's gonna work out harder in the weight room nobody's gonna take care of their teammates more than me nobody's gonna have a more a bigger smile than me nobody's gonna uplift uplift the group more than I do. And I just do that every single day. And I challenge myself to do it every single day. And I challenge myself to win all those um, little challenges every day. And so I think just from coming in and, and starting out of like, okay, how does the group work? How, how can I help the group? And how can I make the group better? And then I realize, okay, I can do it this way. So then you develop a little bit more confidence because you've seen it work, you've seen it grow. And you're like, okay, I can do this. And then it's like, okay, this is a good new idea. I can help that. I can do this. I can help here. I can elevate there. I can push it there. And that just happened throughout the course of the season. And so it was really a pretty fun year. Do you think um, kind of TJ also knew that that was a role that you'd, you'd flourish in and kind of helped with that a little bit? Or was it something that you just kind of, kind of grabbed it and, and ran with it? Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, – you know, talking with the coaches before I first got here and, and, um, you know, they just said, look, we need the best teammate possible and that's going to be your job. And I said, well, that's a great job. I love that job. And so just came in here and, and, um, he's, he's definitely great with me. And, and I, I, he knows that I don't really do too well in these interviews. And I don't do a lot of them and I don't share that much, but I'm going to share something about him real quick is, uh, there was one day where I was having a, maybe I wasn't as loud as I normally was. And maybe, maybe I wasn't doing this, that, or the other. And I think we had like a Saturday practice, which is not really uh, that common for us. And he just came and walked past me and practice. He said, so you're only a Monday through Friday guy, huh? And he's kind of <laughs> teasing me that, uh, that I wasn't bringing it that day. And so he, he, he holds us all accountable and, and he's, he's the best. I mean, his favorite coach I've ever played for. And it's really cool when, you know, your basketball coach kind of has a, a football coach mentality of like, look, just do whatever it takes to get it done. We're going to be tougher than them. And it, it doesn't really matter about the X's and O's because nobody's going to work better than we do as a group. And he, he's awesome. So yeah, he, he does a great job. Yep. So when you transition from football to basketball, I mean, I, I feel like I could probably ask you a million and one questions here. So I don't know really where I'm going to take this, but at the same time, that's a weird transition. Not many people would do it, but we have seen it. You know, we've seen Michael Jacobson play at Iowa State, and then he 
I, I think he was on the practice squad for the Indianapolis Colts and the Seattle Seahawks as a tight end. So we know that, you know, athleticism is transferable, obviously. But when it comes to, you know, playing quarterback at D1 college football, that's really, really tough to do. And then making that transition to D1 college basketball, I mean, you're looking at two different sports that you have to be hyper-athletic and incredibly skilled, and you can't just be great. You have to be phenomenal at both. So when you made that transition, I guess my first question is, was TJ part of that appeal? Like, he kind of had that transition from football player to basketball player. You know, was TJ the appeal, or would you have gone and played basketball anywhere else? You just decided... I know I want to play basketball. It's just a matter of where. What led to that I think, decision? I think it was definitely a part of it because I knew that I wanted to play, get a chance to play basketball at the highest level because I, I like being at a big university and I like being around the best guys because it, it brings a lot out of you. And I and I knew that, you know, I wasn't going to be that good and I'm still not that good, but I knew I could learn and I could get better and I could challenge myself against these guys and so I just remember when they were calling us and they were like look this is what Iowa State's all about this is what TJ is all about this is what the staff is all about and I was like that's what I'm all about you know and it was really cool to um, experience that and know that we have such a great culture because a lot of people talk about culture and culture is a word that gets thrown around really loosely but to me culture is action and we put that into you know play every single day like our culture I mean every single guy is like says good morning every day every single guy is uplifting another guy when we have certain things we do every single day that builds our culture and elevates us and so I knew that just from listening to people talk about that and people who I know were saying that this is how this place operates I was like yep that's that's where I want to go so was it a matter of I want to play basketball or was it just a matter of I want to go to Iowa State um, I mean, I definitely wanted to play basketball. I was like, man, I, I miss it. It's fun. And basketball is a lot of fun. Quarterback is, it's, it, I wouldn't trade it, trade it for the world. It's the best position in sports, but basketball in and of itself is so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I've long said that I think the two best jobs in the world are if, um, and the sports hype man, uh, for basketball and ad lib like rap guy I, I feel like those would be like the two best things if you could somehow get paid to do those two jobs and you're kind of doing you know one of those you know you're, you're obviously um you know getting to enjoy it and and we get to see clips where you, we you get to go like you know some of our best posts this year were like highlights but then we also get like end of the bench celebration where you're just going <laughs> bananas too and that always adds to it um so uh, first off, congrats on that. And then second off, like, did you have like a favorite go-to celebration or is it something that you like have different celebrations for different guys when they do certain things? Um, and then my other kind of follow-up is like, do you have, you know, sort of a mover, uh, anything to kind of add into your repertoire, like, you know, break out some dancing or something like that, that you're, you're maybe like things that guys have been requesting that you kind of <laughs> do to hype them up to or, or, or what? Uh, I mean, I'm not a dancer, so there there won't be any dancing going on. Not with that attitude. Yeah, you can always learn how to dance. You no, know, I, Conrad? I, yeah. I, I try and be pretty self-aware, and I'm aware that I don't got the dancing genes. So. But, but imagine, you just keep it on the low. Like, you start going to some dance classes. Like, there are dance classes, I would say. There's the dance clubs. You just start going to that in the offseason. You pull out, like, just some crazy-ass move. Like first game when someone like knocks down a big three, do a head spin. Everyone will be like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> like, or, or you could have Jaron teach you. Jaron's got some moves. Jaron, Jaron is a good dancer. He's a good dude too. <laughs> I would, uh, I would just say that with the celebrations, I don't really like plan them. I don't really know them. It's just like something happens, and I'll just be in the moment. I try and live in in the present and something goes crazy and I'll just lose it and have a good time with it. So all vibes, <laughs> all vibes. <laughs> um, so it's not always easy to have this super positive, optimistic, you know, feeling about certain games, especially when you can sometimes just see it getting out of hand. And, you know, Iowa state was 
kind of a wagon this year for the most part, but we did have some drop-offs, and I know that the ending wasn't, you know, what y'all wanted it to be. But during those times where things were a little bit lower, you know, I, I saw us, you know, probably w- within three minutes down 20-plus points at times, and you would still be just as energetic as you were to start the game. And I know that that's a really hard mental hurdle to hop over, but every single game I felt like you were bringing it even when it felt like you could potentially wave the white towel. So what's the secret behind the energy? You just like snort a line of, uh, you know, pre-workout before every tip off, or is it just something that you just truly just like challenge yourself to do? And even if you don't feel like it, you just kind of force yourself to do it anyway. I mean, what's the secret? Yeah, I would just say that uh, like for me personally, I'm, I like to challenge myself a lot and especially mentally. And, um, you know, when everything's going good, everybody's a leader and everybody has a positive attitude and everybody's doing great. But when stuff goes bad, that's who you really are. And so when, you know, say we're losing or something negative is going on, I'm not going to stop doing my job because this is what I'm asked to do. So it'll get done to 100 percent of my ability. And that's what the guys count on me for. They don't count on me to make threes. They don't count on me to do this. They don't count on me to do that. But they do count on me to put my arm around them. And they count on me to fire them up. They count on me to to have their back. So that's the job. And 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 I do it to the best of my ability. And so I, I believe in doing a job to 100%. <clears throat> so if you ain't going to give it all you got, you shouldn't be doing it anyways. So um, to answer your question, it, it don't matter what's going on for external factors internally as a job and it gets done. So, yep. So, um, you know, we didn't, we unfortunately didn't get to see a ton of your, you know, playing minutes. We saw, like Newt said, so many of your energy highlights. And I love that there's specials going on, like go, leading into the tournament. I think ESPN, whoever it was, had a special on you and there was even a CEO nameplate on your bench just saying this is this is for our guy Conrad but if you are out on the court and you have an opportunity to make a last second shot whatever it may be what's your go-to move is it behind the back is it kind of grinding your way down and muscling them and getting a layup or is it a a pull-up jumper what's your go-to move honestly I just like to cut and get a nice little layup that's it because Again, these guys are all so fast and smart and such good basketball players. So if I was to spend time doing any moves, it wouldn't go too well. So if I can cut and just get there and lay it in, then then that's what I would say is my favorite thing. I love how your go-to move is an off-the-ball movement and ideally with no dribble whatsoever. Just catch, layup. That's just a very CEO answer. I should have predicted that. I, I tell the guys all the time, like, worst part about basketball, dribbling and shooting, that stuff sucks. <laughs> I'd be like, I like to cut and play defense. That's the fun part. <laughs> I love that. Um, that's classic how I play TJ Altsberger. It's, it's a classic Altsberger player there. That is. Ots does. I, I can. Uh, you you do fit Ots well with that one. Um, I did want to follow up on Mason. Kind of, he he touched on, you know cheering when when you're down big um i i did want to ask you know we kind of had a pretty hard stretch as a team in, in february and i, I kind of wanted to, to dive into that you know how did you guys as a team manage to really stick together during you know what, what i would say is a frustrating time especially you know you may be having in your your right mindset you know after beating tcu gave hits that game winner there's this idea of like hey we could maybe be winning the big 12 and then there, there's kind of this sort of just drop off of, of a lot of tough close games um things not really going uh your guys's way and then you know how do you guys stick together as a locker room and and, and battle through that adversity I mean, we know the big 12 is just a grind so yeah. yeah um well how we stick together in the locker room is we just really like each other it's i've never been on a team that liked each other this much i mean because normally you know <clears throat> Like being for coming from football, there's so many different guys and there's so many clicks here and there. But um, with basketball, it's like it's just all of us and everybody was friends and everybody was brothers and we just enjoyed being around each other. And we spent a lot of time together, like during the weekdays and stuff when we're, I guess, required to. But on the weekends, we're always hanging out. We're doing whatever and enjoying each other's company. So that stuff um, was never going to like tear us apart or anything. And as far as it's frustrating, I mean, it's always frustrating to lose. 
Um, but at the end of the day, like we knew we were doing some stuff that maybe was uncharacteristic or, or not normal for us. And we knew that it was going to change and we were going to fix it and we were going to play well. And, and we also know that like, you know, there's certain games that we, we won by one or two points. Well, those could go any other way. And there's certain games that we lost by a couple points, but we could easily won it, you know? So it just depends. And you're right. The big 12 is a grind. I mean, if you look at every team in our conference, every team dropped at least two or three in a row at one point in the season, including Kansas who won it. So, and, and we knew that we were good enough because we, we should have beat them at their place and we beat them by 15 or 16 at our, so we knew that, it, yeah, it's frustrating, but it, you know, everything comes to an end at some point. So we'll get figured out. So I'm glad you brought up, you know, Kansas, obviously that's where you started your D one, you know, college athletics career as a QB for the Jayhawks. Now I know, um, might be a little bit different of experiences with fog Allen. I'm sure you probably attended some games as a fan, maybe even growing up too. Um, and then obviously playing at fog Allen as a player, you know, I, I mean, is, is, are we biased? We are obviously biased, but we like to assume that Hilton Coliseum and Fog Allen are the two hardest places to play in, in Big 12. Newt's raising your hand. What, what do we have to say? My, my question I had was just, why is Hilton better than Fog? Okay. I, I know you're saying, are we biased? That was just my question. I, I don't think it's biased. I was just I just wanted to know why Hilton's better than Fog. So. All I'd right, say, let, let's just let's phrase it that way. Well, why, why are we better than Fog? <laughs> I would say it's better because the fans are way more engaged. Like, Kansas is loud because it's just one – like kind of tiny like metal arena so there's just a lot of echoing that goes on but they're not like super engaged like the fans here are super engaged and they're constantly standing up and down and you got the juicy wiggle and you got everything that's going on and you got all the stuff at halftime and whatnot so i'd say that's why one thing i'm really glad you brought that up because this has been something i've been more observant of i would say as of the past year um maybe two years but you know, you watch the New England Patriots. I'm a football guy, so a lot of my analogies come from football. <laughs> um, you watch the New England Patriots in Foxborough, and you see their fans are really engaged and also very intelligent. They're not talking on offense. You can almost – it sounds almost completely silent. But when the defense is on the field, everything is super rowdy, and you can just tell that the fans really know how to engage in the game. And I used this example earlier this year. When we played Texas in Austin, maybe you can help me out here. It sounded like they filled Austin. They, they filled that court pretty much to the brim. It, it sounded very loud. I mean, could you attest to that? Were they did, they, did the fans at least show out that game in Austin? Yeah, it, yeah, it was loud for sure. So, so that was what I was saying. You know, the, I don't know necessarily know if they're much of a, of a basketball fan base per se, because I could tell it was really, really loud, but the difference was, it was loud during offense. Everything was chaotic. There were even some t some times where Big 12 refs, Big 12 ref, and they had a bad call against Texas. But the crowd didn't even react because they didn't even notice that it was a bad call against Texas. And part of me was I'm like, there is a huge difference from being a loud fan base in an engaged fan base. And I think that's a huge difference at Hilton Coliseum versus the, these other places. Now, Texas is easy to bag on because it's Texas, but I do see that in many other uh, courts as well. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think that's something that's always appreciated with Hilton Coliseum. And I do see that Jack Trice as well. And I it's something that is, um, it's very hard to get with every single fan base. It, it is very hard. And then the fans here are legit. Like it's, it's, crazy coming here and how engaged they are and how much they care and and how just good it, it is to be around them it's really pretty cool and they camp outside in the winter yeah <laughs> legit. i i did that my uh my senior year so very fun we had to camp shit. through a storm a snowstorm one time it was and then we we lost to kansas by a good amount this was before your time conrad but it was uh it was worth it, but there were times where you thought, is it? <laughs> After you got frostbite. <laughs> um, I got a very basic question here. What was your favorite moment as a player from the season? Because I have no idea where you're going to take this. Uh, my favorite moment? <sighs> I mean, I would just say, like, probably probably the the last conference game – 
of the season at Baylor. And we had kind of met before, because we meet every day, but we kind of had met before the game. And and um, each each of the guys, and I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be sharing this, but I'll, I'll share it because I think it really embodies who we are. And I think it, it's good that people know this. Each of the guys <clears throat> sat there and in front of the group, everybody told each other what they're going to do better and what their job is and how they're going to do it. And I mean, every guy was like, look, this is my job and you can count on me to do this. You can count on me, put your trust in me. And we went out and played the game and every dude did what they said they were going to do, which is a hard thing to do in life. First off, because it, it just, it's tough, you know, and, but every guy said that's what they're going to do. And we played great. We played so well and the ball was moving and, and we were guarding and, and we were communicating and we were enjoying each other and we were just loving the atmosphere. Um, and like you guys have said, a frustrating um, month, you know, there. And so to end the big 12 play on that note against, I mean, at that point in time, they're like top 10 and, and they're obviously a very good program, very good team. And so we, it was, that was my favorite moment. Cause it was like, man, we went through all this sucky stuff. And then we decided here's our plan and everybody's going to execute the plan. And we freaking did we freaking executed. So that was good. And then you guys did it to him again in the Big 12 tournament. Which was again <laughs> a, a whole bunch of fun. Yeah. What was your commitment, if you don't mind me asking? So you said every single person. I won't I won't have you talk on anyone else's commitment. I feel like that can stay between them. But if, if you want to mind sharing, what was your commitment to, to the team that day going into Baylor? Yeah, I just I just said nobody's points. nobody's gonna um, push push the group harder than I will. And I said, you know, everybody's given their job, and and my job is to is to keep the standard up and push everybody. And the guys are what's so cool is I've been on teams where, you know, if you have a guy who is holding people accountable or pushing it, people will take it personally, and they'll be like, oh yeah, he just he's this, that, and the other, but like our guys, they, they want it. They, we crave it. We all do. So that's why we, that, that I just love it here is we all crave getting coached hard, hard, and we crave, you know, pushing each other. So I just said, look, dudes, I'm going to push you guys with everything I got. Cause I care about you guys. And um, that was, that's pretty much it. The classic old Tim Tebow speech. You'll never that's see cool. another player work harder than me. Great. I love that speech. It fires me up. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. New, I, uh, I got a bunch more questions. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Go also, it, it, Conrad, dude, I'm just going to be very real with you here. Um, I have a lot of questions. We don't have to get through all of them because I, I know that I could keep you on here for several hours and I don't want to do that to your day, but just coming out of, a high school as this, you know, pretty well-known football athlete. I'm just going to read off, you know, some of your accomplishments. So won the class six state championship. Is that correct? Through for 2,722 yards and 26 touchdowns that season. And, and I, I, I told you, I'm a football guy. I was watching your film, beautiful and very quick release. That's hard to do. You have incredible pocket presence, great downfield vision and you know how to maneuver the pocket. That's something that a lot of people don't know how to do. And you're also mobile when you can escape the pocket. So not only is there a solid pocket presence, but you know how to kind of evade the rush and stay in the pocket. And then from there, I just saw a lot of outstanding accuracy and just overall vision of the field. You know, you always would keep your head down the field. I love playing quarterback. I'm bad at it, but I just, like you, like you said, I think it's the most fun position to be playing in any sort of sport to ever exist, I guess. And I know that you said that basketball was just something that you wanted to go back to, but leaving that quarterback position in particular, I mean, do, do you, I don't want to say, do you regret it? Cause I don't think you regret it, but do you miss it? Like how tough of a decision was that to leave the quarterback position? I just, I mean, when I was done playing football, I was done, you know, it's just sometimes in life you get to a certain point and you're like, well, it's, it's over. And that's, that's how I felt with, with football. But um, I mean, here and there all the time, I, I guess I'll, I'll play catch with the guys every time there's a chance. And, and I do miss throwing it around a little bit, but I mean, I don't regret anything. And I, I had a great time and I hope to, um, 
you know, if my, hopefully my kids play so I can teach them some stuff or, you know, hopefully, you know, someday somebody wants me to train their kid. I'd love to do that. That stuff's really cool to me. So, um, you know, it's quarterbacks great, but no, I don't, I don't regret it too much at all. No. I mean, how did you learn that, you know, type of selflessness and, and humility in a way, because the quarterback position, you have all control of the game, you know, in front, you're touching the ball. You're the one player on that field that's touching the ball every single play, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And to give up just complete and total control of gameplay and go to, you know, just being this ultimate role player at Iowa State, was that something that you kind of had to challenge yourself to do when you went to Iowa State? Did your parents, you know, raise you that way with this great sense of humility and self-awareness and selflessness? Like, wh where did you develop that? Um, I would just say throughout the course of my life, um, and I would say that uh, I've definitely spent time in my life being selfish and being a me guy, just just as I would say everybody has its, its human nature. Um, but I would say just, you know, Definitely the change in role and the change of leadership because the quarterback can lead in, I wouldn't say an easier way because it's tough to play QB, but a much easier way because with the position comes like prerequisites of leadership and respect from the guys. And so I knew that, you know, coming into this uh, new role, it's like there's no prerequisite. There's no just already given respect. I mean, if anything, like I said, like I'm 13th best player this and the other, I got to earn it every single day by doing something. Um, and so I figured out what that something was and I just freaking try to earn it. And I'm never done earning it. I still got so much um, to get better at. I still can, can help the guys so much more. I can still take care of them. I can still push them. I can, and they can, and they do that to me too. That's what's so cool about it is like, you know, we push each other. And so, like I said, the thing about TJ earlier, he's holding me accountable. Well, the guys are the same way. Maybe, Maybe I'm not as crazy in the weight room. Maybe I'm not, you know, going up and wait every set. And they're like, oh, really? You, you want to be a weak guy today, you know? So that's, that's just that's funny. So That know. sounds like a TJ uh, comment to make. Yeah, and it's medium polo. <laughs> <laughs> He's Jack, dude. And what people don't realize is like, um, I'm trying to get to the facility early when I need to and, and all that stuff. And the dude is in there just getting swole. I mean, he's grinding. It's, it's awesome. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, what head coach is just benching and hitting curls? It is, it's just great. It's like, I love it. It fires me up. I tell him every time I'm like, heck yeah, dude, that's what's up, man. So <laughs> I think my favorite bracket I saw on Twitter before the tournament was like, oh, yeah, someone's no. like, I did a bracket where I just looked at every head coach and if they would win in a fight and I have Iowa state winning it all. Cause this also burger guy looks like a beast. It wasn't like a, uh, like a, obviously a very, like an Iowa state guy. It was just some random ass person. And I was like, Oh hell yeah. Like I'm glad our coach gives off that shit. So yeah, he's, he's tough. I, I wouldn't fight him. No way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you have any interest in coaching? Because I, I could see you having a very similar style to TJ. Um, I mean, I I think that, you know, at some point in my life, I'll end up coaching and and, and, and who knows what, what happens there. But um, whether which sport it is, I'll probably coach football just because I know so much more about it. And I'm still so new to basketball and how everything works and and whatnot. So we'll see. I, I, I definitely could see myself doing that for sure. I mean, you, you say you're so new to basketball and, and football. I, I mean, I, I didn't even list off. You had offers from Ole Miss, KU, South Dakota, you and I, Akron, Missouri State. I mean, I, Ole Miss is a powerhouse. Like these are legitimate schools that want you to play football for them. How long have you been playing basketball? Was it just in high school? Because you, you say that you're still new to it. I mean, and I'll tell you this, to be new to a sport and be on a D1 program is just like unreal. Like that doesn't happen. So how did you, I guess, in, quickly develop your basketball skills? And at what year did you start? Yeah, so I just grew up playing uh, basketball, football, and baseball all growing up. And then uh, yeah. once – High school hit, I, I stopped playing baseball and I just did basketball and football, but I played football all four years and I only played basketball my first three. 
um, because of my senior year playing football, I graduated in high school early and I went to go play college football early. So um, it, it, I think it was either two or three years removed from playing basketball to now. So, um, and it's just as far as like, you know, I felt the same way with football when I first got there, the game was really fast and everybody was really fast and I was just spinning. And it's, it's just, it's just like going from JV to varsity or anything like that. And then I learned it, figure it out and be like, okay, that's how that works this is how that works. You know, then the same thing happened in the summer, like the game was fast and, and the plays were like, oh, that doesn't make sense. But now they make sense and they click and the game is still fast because the guys are just faster than me. But um, it's definitely slowed down. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. What are you trying to improve on this offseason? Or what, what are you trying to add to your, your, your game? Or, like, you know, what are you trying to get better for for the next season? Aside from the dance moves. Yeah, aside aside from becoming the best dancer on the team, what's what's the next thing that you're trying to do? Um, I just want to, you know, I just want to get in better shape. Uh, I want to be one of the better in shape guys on the team. I want to become a better runner uh, and do that for sure. Um, And then just get stronger overall. And then as far as basketball goes, just I, I have to get better every single thing. So uh, just really try and do that the best of my um, to the best of my ability. And then I just want to become a better leader um, and take another step in my, because I feel like I have so much uh, room to grow as far as being a leader. And there's, there's more things I can do and there's more ways I can listen and there's more ways I can ask questions and learn from the guys to get better. So that doesn't be like my main goals going in this year and, I, and to win, like push. I mean, the, let's just go freaking grind our butts off so we can win every game. That's, that's the goal. So. Do you get unlimited access to that, that gun machine that like just goes around the rim and like shoots them out for, for we don't, uh, we don't, we don't really use them. We have like the best managers, um, in the freaking country who are there all the time. And so if you ever ask them, it's, it's way better because, um, it's a real live pass and, um, it's it's just different. So our managers are there working their butts off all the time. So yeah, I don't like that. A little shout out to the managers. I, I feel like they're we, we we don't shout them out enough. I mean they're there every single day too. Why why don't they we do, talk about them more? They do so much, um, and I mean I'll think about their job and just be like, man, they they're selfless. I mean they they show up, they rebound, they clip, they um, do what's ever asked of them. And they give rides and they're just, they're all around great dudes and they love Iowa state. They love the team. They love basketball. They're a part of our team. And so we're, we're definitely thankful for them. Love it. Um, so going back to Kansas, I think I know the answer to this, but I, I need to hear it from the CEO's mouth. Do you consider yourself more of a Jayhawk or a cyclone when your collegiate career is all said and done? Definitely. Cyclone. Cyclone. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Now, follow-up question. Obviously, you've been in the Big 12 for a while. Who is your least favorite Big 12 team, and why is it Texas? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I, he I, knows it's Texas, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm it could not, be Baylor. I could see it being Baylor, but I think he likes you know, Baylor after this season. Yeah, and just from going from like football and basketball and looking the overarching thing. I hate K-State. I just don't like it. <laughs> I didn't like their football team. And I, I was like, not to, you know, I was like, I don't appreciate those guys. And, and obviously they're really good in basketball. I, I just don't like them. There's one team that just want to, obviously you want to beat everybody all the time, but I just want to beat K-State, man. Was there a little bit of bitterness? Because I mean, maybe I didn't see it, but I don't believe K State offered you out of high school. Does, does that does that is there a little bit of that held yeah. in you there? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I definitely you know wasn't the the best quarterback um, and you know stuff like that. But it, just as a competitor and as a quarterback, there's definitely times where. Um, you're like, man, I wish that school had offered me or I, I wanted to go there. I took a visit there and I really liked them and, and it just doesn't work out. And that's okay. That's what life is like. But uh, there's a couple teams in the Big 12 that were that way. So, yeah, man, that's, 
you just you just keep it there and you're like okay all right and you just try harder so yeah I mean, I won't make you shit talk any other D1 athlete, but I'll say you're a better thrower of the football than Adrian Martinez. I, <laughs> I don't know if that's breaking any news here, but uh, <laughs> I'll take you as a thrower of the football any day. No, no nothing, nothing about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish you listeners just saw his face, try to think of uh, what to respond. Good response there, CEO. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> um, you guys got to play UConn this year, and they kind of kicked your guys' ass. Yeah. Did you feel yeah. like they could win the national championship? And yeah. were you shocked then, or not shocked at all, when they kind of kicked everyone's no, ass on the way to win a remember, championship? Yeah, I mean, I remember playing in that game, and, and uh, you know, I was just like, dude, these guys are solid. Like, they do what we do to people, which is just beat them up. And, and they, they were solid. And I remember like texting with my dad, I was like, this, this is by far the best team we've played all year. And then I was just really surprised that they had lost a couple of games there in a stretch. I was, I didn't know what was going on with them. I was like, Oh, I wonder what that is. But if you look at their run, like to do, they beat everybody by like 20 points in the tournament, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like top to bottom, they're just, they, they have two really good bigs. They got, in my opinion, one of the better glue guys in the country and they got really solid guard play and they have guys who can shoot it and they play defense. So, and they got a good coach. And so, yeah, I, I wasn't really surprised by that at all. How blue were your balls after beating number one UNC feeling, Oh my gosh, we got this Phil Knight invitational. At least as a fan, I know that athletes never, ever, ever look to the next game. Never but I do all the time. And I was thinking, okay, we just took down the number one team. I think UConn was ranked like 12. So they're still, you know, a a tough out, but then just seeing how damn good this team is. I mean, UNC not even making the NCAA tournament and UConn going to winning it all. It was just obviously like with hindsight, knowing the end of the season and, and looking back to the very beginning, I was, I mean, obviously caught me off guard. Yeah. I just, uh, um, playing so when we beat uh unc it was actually on my birthday so it was freaking awesome hell yeah good birthday so, present happy belated birthday <laughs> thanks so it was that was Sick that was pretty player. cool and then uh i just remember doing that as a great time and and then i again like because we knew that we we believe we can win every game uh because we've beaten the best we've played with them so um thought we were going to win both those games uh but UConn just played us they're they're good man good do you have any comment on the the rim fiasco uh with with what did did that (laughs) like I know you guys said it doesn't do anything but does it kind of mess up like warm-ups kind of throw you guys out of rhythm a little bit when it kind of just it gets you out of your normal rhythm of preparing for a game yeah um I I I don't I'm not gonna make any comments on it. I'll just leave <laughs> All right. it. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. All I know was I was making every excuse possible for y'all. I, we'll I wanted that for you. We'll be the yeah. speakers. We'll we'll do that. So if there's ever anything you want us to go to bat for you for, slide in our DMs. We won't broadcast it to the world, but we will be your biggest defender. In Rim Fiasco. <laughs> Oh man, we we were a defender. Yeah, yeah. I guess until we switched courts and we had the regular rim. Same and, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just bad, <laughs> just bad in the second half, if not worse. So. But it was the warm-ups. You don't get the time to warm yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There you, you go. Your shots off. You're cold. You're a little tight. You know, whatever. Like, and then you know you can't get warmed up by the second half. Then you know. So. <laughs> we told you we'd go to bat for you. Um. This is so at least once an episode. I mean, we've already asked a lot of dumb questions, but we have to ask certain dumb questions. So this is episode 69. What does 69 mean to you? Uh, wow, that's very that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just uh, it's the greatest offensive lineman number ever. That's my. <laughs> that's a pretty that's good response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, actually do. 
Well, actually, new. What's sixty nine mean to you? I guess this is, you know, it's a groundbreaking episode we have here. It somehow still makes me laugh, and I'm twenty eight, so I guess I'm a little immature. So, but there yeah, is in I that, mean that regard. Same here. I mean, I was the one that asked the question. You know, I never yeah, really. This is getting a little too into the weeds. We don't have to make this a conversation, but I never really understood it. Like, even when I learned it in middle school, I'm like, I feel like that's kind of a stretch. Like, yeah, maybe it's the only number that can maybe look like that, but it's, it's still kind of a stretch, isn't it? Like, just the overall nature of the 69 joke. Kind of? Someone? You, you know what it means, right? I know what it means. <laughs> okay. Right. But I'm just saying. Probably we don't have to have that talk, but... It, I think a lot of people will agree with me. I think you guys agree with me on this, and you guys are just afraid to no, acknowledge it, it. like, of all the numbers, it probably represents that position the best, so that's why it gets called that, I would assume. Yeah, it's a funny number. All right. Okay, all right. My last question. <laughs> Actually, New, do you have a, another question? I only got one more. Yeah, we ask every athlete on the podcast this one. Could you beat us one-on-two playing your sport? Uh, Probably not. <laughs> That's the first athlete to say no. You're the first one. He's the first one. <laughs> uh, everyone's like, yeah, I'll, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> well, guess how tall we are, Conrad. Uh, you guys are both around six foot. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm glad dude. we give off that energy, though. That's that nice. is cool. That That is alpha energy right there. Yeah. Um, nice no, I'm like 5'10". I'm actually 5'9 and three quarters, but I wear shoes. Like, I'm at home right now, and I'm still wearing shoes, so there's something... Something internally there that I just I need to feel taller than five nine I guess. I do have basketball league on Mondays though, which I got I got a game tonight, so I'm ready to ready to ball. But I haven't touched a basketball in years. Um, okay, this is one of this is just kind of a straight up question, but I told you my dad is your biggest fan. I I seriously think that you are his favorite Iowa State basketball player ever. So I have to just ask this as straight up as I possibly can. Are you coming back next year? Of course, yeah. Okay. I figured so, but I mean, we, we got to get the, you know, verbal commitment here. Of course, yeah. He's running shit. Can we, can we call this that. as a breaking news? Like, put up a, a graphic. <laughs> breaking CEO returns for final season. I, actually, I don't even know COVID eligibility. Could you even use another year after next one? Yeah, I mean, I have a minimum of two more years, and I could have – if you count COVID in a red shirt four. So I've been, it's because I'm only a sophomore. So, and I got to school in the last semester of COVID. So my eligibility is pretty, pretty weird. And I use the red shirt at Kansas. So we'll see, but I'm definitely going to be here for at least two more years. I don't know where I got this. I, I had you as a junior. I, what the hell am I seeing? Uh. Bad research. <laughs> Yeah, bad research. Um, apologies there. You, you know what? You're you're a junior in my eyes. Actually, no, you're not, because you're gonna be at Iowa State for four more years. Okay. Um, Newt, do you have any more questions? Do you have any questions for us? <laughs> um, I I do not. I'm I'm good. I'm pretty unprepared. I guess you should say. <laughs> Actually, I do like asking this one, and you're probably the perfect person to ask. So. We're fans. We're idiots sometimes. No, nah, we're idiots the majority of times, but we have to be. You know, that's kind of our role. Like, you're embracing your role. We embrace our role, and we have to bitch about refs. We have to go bonkers similarly to you and follow your suit. But there is obviously, like, a fine line between just, like, blaming players is something we never do. At least I don't maybe, – maybe it slipped out once in our six-year – tenure of doing this but like that's something that we hold very you know big to ourselves but aside from that you know how can we be the best fans because at the end of the day we we say this a lot we want to be allies to y'all we don't want to be always debbie downers but at times we're going to act realistic in certain situations and you know we're, we're, we're going to be fans we're going to be fanatical we're going to be idiots sometimes so how can we tread that line of playing the fan role without overdoing it i guess um, I mean, just from me being a sports fan, and I'll never forget, I said this one time in the car, um, and I was talking about some professional athlete, and my dad was like, that dude is literally a pro, and you're talking about him like he's terrible. He's like, you need to be respectful of him and how hard he's worked and understand that that dude has sacrificed a lot to be as good as he is today. 
Um, and so I think about that myself as a fan. And at the end of the day, every guy out there is trying their absolute hardest. And um, sometimes in life, your best just isn't, isn't good enough. And that happens. Um, so my thing would just be as a fan, I, I tell this to myself, I'm a huge Chiefs fan. And I, mm. sometimes I'll get a little hard on the Chiefs and I'll be like, oh, man, that guy should have made this. He should have done that. Well, you know, hindsight's 2020, and I'm sitting on the couch watching this professional play. So what do I know? And I, uh, that's what I tell myself. So, yeah. I love that, man. It's great that we have uh, two, you know, super Chiefs fans on this podcast right now. <laughs> New you know, Patrick me. Mahomes lost to a 3-9 Iowa State team his senior year at Texas Tech. 50, right? 66 yeah. to 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's our, our favorite role to pull out every year. It gets yeah. so many Texas Tech fans pissed. We need yeah. to hang the banner, though. You know, just like like beat two-time that, MVP, two-time Yeah. That would be a good MVP, one. Future Hall of Famer. Couldn't beat three and nine. Iowa State first year Matt Campbell uh, coach <laughs> by by less than fifty six. <laughs> With a middle linebacker right. starting a quarterback. I keep forgetting that we had <laughs> Joel Lanning was that quarterback. <laughs> Five touchdowns. Jacob Park also threw for more yards and more touchdowns and less interceptions. We had two quarterbacks better than Patrick Mahomes that day. That was what was Rob, insane about uh, it. Yeah. Man. Cliff Kingsbury right. should be tried for cries, crimes against humanity and his quarterback. He's just ruining quarterbacks. Dude is probably still in Thailand just, like, soaking that in. Like, like should I never have taken this Cardinals job after that Iowa State game? He's got so that came across that. He definitely should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to do shit. He's in Thailand, just not doing anything. So yeah, I would be too, wild. just getting paid. <laughs> yeah, man, Conrad, dude, we appreciate you so much for hopping on and, and making it work with us. Um, if you ever need anything, just know we're gonna go to bat for you, okay? Even if we don't believe in it, we'll do it anyway. So you just say jump and we'll say how high, because you're the CEO. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, you fair, run shit I, here. I appreciate it, guys. All right, just tell us when to jump and we'll do it, okay? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, man. We'll really appreciate you coming on. And one last thing before we do, before we sign off, because we just give our listeners a quick little roll clones. So you are the man. I hope to talk with you again sometime soon here. But if not, you're going to kill it next season. And one last thing, man, roll clones. Roll clones, baby. Roll clones. All righty. Thank you, guys.